Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Elevator Podcast. It's Juan Lozari here with you guys yet another week. It's an honor. It's a privilege to have you guys tune in. If you're here for the first time, I want to welcome you to Elevator Community. This is a place that I've created um, so that we can all be encouraged, we can all be inspired, and most importantly, we can all grow from one to another. Um, I have a special guest today. Um, I've been knowing this fellow for what, five, five, six, more than five years, six years or so. Around there, yeah. Around there. And um, I remember uh, meeting him, and the person that uh, introduced me to him said, hey, Juan, I want to introduce you to this guy. He is a man on fire for God. And um, since that day, man, um, I got to tell you, and we were actually on a phone call, and um, this guy is is an amazing speaker. I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself, um, if you will. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Juan. Uh, greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you, Rob. Thank you guys for the valuable time and the honor and the privilege to be here. My name is Christian Falcon. Um, I am the main youth leader for ICLV Chosen. Happily Big married. Big shout out. Big yeah. shout out. Yeah. Shout out to Most... number two. <laughs> <laughs> Happily married. Um, also started a little ministry on the side called Start Your Week Right, which is start yes. your week right with God on your side by right believing we are mostly on instagram how can they watch your videos yep instagram youtube the purpose again is start your week right with god on your side by right believing and it's having what, a what is that, what is the at uh pardon what is the at oh at at start your week right that's what it is yes there you go that's where so, you can find them right let's go so in the end it falls back on on a right believing because right believing leads to right living and, Come on now. You know what you're Spitting thinking. bars already. Come on, man. <laughs> so what you're thinking would determine how you will be living. So it's just controlling the mindset, right? Uh, but thank you so much for having me, guys. I greatly appreciate you. Can't wait because I know you're pretty deep. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll see for... about that. And um, <laughs> absolutely. And well, of course, we got my co-host back in action. <laughs> We're still waiting for clearly evident, by the way, but the <laughs> the most important person of elevated community, my boy right here, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey guys, it's me again. It's Robert. I think I'm only the most important person in the elevated community right now because of the fact that Juan doesn't want to edit his stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tech guy. That that's his ministry. Yeah, uh, no, I'm. Yeah, just like uh, Christian over here, I'm, the, I'm a youth leader at my church, and it's just a pleasure to be back, always to be able to be connecting and be able to have these great conversations with you, Juan. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much, Rob, for yet another week. We appreciate you here in Elevated Community. Greater things are to come. I am more than 100% sure about that. Um, before I get started with the episode, I was on the phone with Christian Falcon. Falcon, man, that's such a crazy, crazy cool name. But um, <laughs> this is actually, I have here in my hand, if you're watching this on video, this is the first book I have ever read as a Christian. So I came into the, uh, I came to know God at 15 years old. And this book right here was given to me by a friend, I believe. And um, it just changed my mind and impacted me. And so when I was on the phone with Christian, I was like, dude, the way that you talk, the way that you present yourself, reminds me of this cat and this cat's name is charles f stanley 
And yeah. um, and I was like, Chris, you're gonna be just like this guy. You're gonna be speaking. <laughs> you're gonna be writing books. You're gonna be doing the video thing. Everything all around. But this is the guy that you remind me of. And so I do want to tell you, thank you for being such a good friend. Um, you know, all these years. And every time I see you, it's 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 with an open heart that you receive me. And um, I I am a hundred percent um very grateful for that, Chris. Awesome, bro. Just here to serve, man. That's it. It's all about Jesus, right? Amen, um, amen. I remember uh, the Moravians, when they were leaving to a better land, they yelled out in the boat. I think this was in 1700s. They said, may the lamb that was slain receive the glory of his suffering. Mm. And that's our goal, right? That Jesus amen. will receive the glory of his suffering, no matter what. No matter what. Because in the end, we're his. We're right. his. So, right. So, um, so that... I feel like this episode, guys, is going to be more of a spiritual impact more than anything. Obviously, everything else is um, obviously 100% um, important. You know, your mental health, your spiritual walk, and your emotion stability, and your physique. You know, you got to look sexy for them ladies or them guys, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, this episode is actually entitled, You Aren't God's Favorite. And so you are going to start thinking to yourself, I thought I was loved. I thought that I am perfectly and wonderfully made. I thought that God put his eyes on me and seen the most beautiful thing ever when he was creating me. And so this is obviously a thought provoker. You aren't God's favorite. So to start off, I want both of you guys to kind of analyze the phrase and tell me what you think of that. Rob, you want to go first? I'll pick it up first. Go ahead, go ahead. I feel like um, we were talking before the show and we were saying like we have this entitlement culture that kind of has permeated in our our lives and we've seen develop with the younger generations. Uh, I feel that kind of entitlement culture is what we're trying to get at with this. It's It's not just about where do I land in the midst right. of God, but where do I land in the midst of the community of God? Because I feel like that's mm. that's one of the hardest things that we have to tackle as believers right. is not just me and God, but me and the community of Christians that God has given me. Yeah, I feel like mm. a lot of times when we read scripture, that's that's where we end up oriented. It's me and God, but a lot of scripture is oriented to the church. Most of the New Testament is letters mm. written to the primitive church. And it, it's talking right. about not just you and God as Christians, but as mm. how the community needs to be nourished and how the community needs to grow wow. and support each other. Right, right, right. I do want to uh, tackle into that um, because most of the times when Christians read the Bible, right, um, we're, we're reading Paul's um, letters to these churches or we're reading the Old Testament, we're reading uh, the story of Moses. And most times, I don't know if it's you guys, if you guys have done this. I've done this, you know, sometimes. And um, we try to kind of build ourselves into the story. So mm. we're reading about Moses, but we're putting ourselves in the place of Moses. And that's how we are reading the, the scripture. And so I guess we're kind of doing, um, you know, we're, we're, we're building this bridge from the Bible to ourselves. But... Is it egotistical that we're doing this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, the Bible, it's not about the story of Juan, Robert, or a Christian Falcon, right? <laughs> yeah, the Bible 100%. is about the story of 
Jesus Christ. That's Amen. it. And it's not, it's, it, it's, Jesus did not die so that it could be about us, that we're egotistical, you know, but Jesus died so that we can get to know him and have a relationship with him. And it's showing the father's heart. And it's totally true. Like, I think right now in the culture that we live in, or at least the the message that I grew up, is about the prosperity gospel. It's about Mm. God wants to bless you. Mm. God wants to give you a big blessing. He wants to provide for you. And hey, look, I believe in that. But that wasn't the center core when the disciples were preaching. The center core was that Jesus died, he was buried, and he raised again. That's the center core. But sometimes we lift, we put man in the center and God as a, God as a, as a compliment to help man. But mm. actually, God should be the center and man should follow God. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, would you say that you are God's favorite? <laughs> so depending on the context right depend right. for me it's context is everything um i'll mm. tell you this for sure the way how i live my identity the way how i walk my life the way how i live is knowing that i'm god's favorite child in the whole world now i do know mm. that the word of god says god does not show shows any favoritism right, right. he does not show it uh, favoritism, but not everyone has the same measure of favor. Mm, okay. Um, so what I'm, what I'm hearing a lot about is, you know, putting oneself before others, you know, and I think that with community, um, we tend to feel as if, Hey, I'm the most important here. I'm the most valuable person. And so I want to talk about the, that problem, you know, because it's a struggle in itself. Because when you're serving God, it's not about you. It's about the people that you're serving. Because we're called to serve. We're not called to be served. Even Jesus came to earth and he, he didn't, you know, one of the most humblest things that Jesus did was he washed um, the disciples' feet. That's such a humbling thing. Because can you imagine people walking around in sandals, miles and miles long, how stinky, how sweaty, how dirty these feet are, yet the God himself gets on his knees and cleans their feet. So I want to talk about the, how, how do we go about serving people with a humble heart, yet still believing that we are God's not favorite, but loved. I love this quote by Bill Johnson. He said, serve with the heart of a king, but lead with the heart of a servant. Come on now. And I think that's the key. Like when we serve one another, that does not mean that, hey, look, I'm a peasant. That does not Mm. mean that I'm degrading myself. Wow. But actually is the highest form of calling. And when we right. serve, we know who we are so that we could better serve people so that we can give value. You know, you cannot give what you don't have. And if you know you're a child of the King of Kings, highly loved and favored, you're right. able to serve people to the position and calling that they're created to be. But yet when I'm leading, that does not mean I look down at you. In fact, I should always lift you up because mm-hmm. leading is the highest form of servant leadership as long as you do it with humility. 
Oh, I love that. You want to add anything on that, Rob? Like uh, Christian really nailed it on the head. Like we, we as leaders need to help build each other up. I feel one of the hardest things that I've had to learn myself is where I am in the midst of the people who God has placed me to help. What mm. uh, one of the easiest things for for a leader to to think is I need to pull them my level. I need to yank them up here. Yeah. where I'm at. But the reality is you need to work on who you are separate to working with these people who are needing your guidance. Mm. You, need to step, you need to work in your life with God. And then in the time that you're taking up that role of leadership, step down from where you are, go right. to these people and help them get to where you are. But they're never going to get to where you are because you're always forging a path further than what they ever are at. Because if they reach you, then you can no longer lead them. Because you don't know what's ahead mm. anymore. Mm. And I think that that's a very big um, problem when it comes to leaders. Because sometimes you get into a, this platform, right? You get into this status. And you're, getting, you're giving all these responsibilities. But sometimes you don't know how to handle them. And so I want to get real practical with people. Um, whether And everybody's a leader. I want everybody to understand that. Everybody is leading in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Sometimes... People say, hey, I'm not a leader, so this doesn't um, really, you know, talk to me in any way, shape, or form. But the thing is, you're, you're leading your family. That's your yeah. number one core. You're leading your family, whether it be you're the oldest, and so now your younger brothers are looking up to you. You're leading in your community. You're leading in, um, in society itself. And so you're leading in so many aspects, and you don't even know about it. So I want to get real practical with leading right now. Um, you guys are all, you're both your great leaders. And so I really want to get practical with people. When it comes to leading, what would you say are some practical ways for you to, um, there's this, there's this phrase uh, or just like a thought that I always have. And uh, there's, if you want something done, do it yourself, right? There's that phrase. Yeah. Is that good leading? Robert, I'll let you take this one. I feel like that's not great leading. There's a point right. where that is the necessary act, course of action to do. And being a good leader is being able to recognize when it is. Mm. Being a great leader is being able to recognize when to delegate. That's the yeah. hardest thing I feel for a lot of us to do. Right. I feel, I feel by the time that a lot of us are able to be in a position of leadership, we feel irreplaceable. And that's a hard mountain to tackle. And what I mean by that is yeah. that I feel like we can't, nothing can function unless we're the one at the helm. Mm. And for me, that's something I had to tackle with uh, the tech ministry in my church. I had been running things for so long. I was running myself dry. Like it, it, if nothing, if I didn't have a hand in something, it literally wouldn't work because it, my leadership style reflected that. I, w I would essentially teach People who would want to learn the bare minimum, never teach them more. Then also, because I wouldn't teach them more, it would never mm. be useful to me as a leader right. to help. Mm. Because my hand needed to be in there. And being a good leader is being able to recognize not only when to delegate, but to teach people to do the job that you're doing so that you right. can do other things. 
Right. I don't you know if you want to add something to that, Christian. So, yeah, you know, I'm very heavy on leadership because of my position at work. Um, I'm responsible of training about 43 um, offices uh, in the operational side, as well as their assistants. So, you know, what is leadership, right? Leadership, John Maxwell said it best, is the ability to influence one another. And that they will follow you not because they have to, but because they want to. And the two cornerstones for that is respect and trust. Do I respect you? And then do I trust you? Right? So then, but respect is not given, respect is earned. And then in order to, to, to do the work to follow up back to your question, you have to show that you earned their respect. How sometimes you have to give a little bit more so that sometimes you have to give much to receive little. I've learned that from people. Sometimes you have to give more of your time, more of your resources so that they can follow you to do a specific task. And to follow up with Rob said, the more you climb up the ladder, the more you have to delegate. If you don't delegate, you're just your own king and your own country and your own glory. And you're the only only, uh, person there. You have to delegate. That's that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Um, And I love that word delegate because I think for me, um, kind of noticing people's um, habits, you know, I think that as a leader, you need to be self-aware. And so as leaders... I think that you always need to be learning because if you're not learning, you're falling behind. Why are you yeah. falling behind? Because there's a threshold, right? And I want to, and I want to ask you guys about this. When, uh, when, when is it that a student becomes a teacher, right? And when do you delegate for expansion based on, Hey, you're in charge of this. All right. And I'm trusting you with this. Right. And in other areas, Hey, I'm trusting you with this. I need you to, you know, fully be committed to this. How, how do you go about delegating when, and, and obviously respect and trust needs to be there, but how do you know when it's time to actually delegate in certain areas? At least for me, I know uh, talking and work, right, in business. So how I know when it's time to delegate, it's when the, jo- the, the, the bigger the job is, the bigger the responsibility is and the bigger Mm. the delegation needs to be. Mm. That's it. Um, I was reading a book called Harvard Business, um, Harvard Business Operation Management. And they were saying something that really impacted me. What motivates people is not an increase in pay. What motivates people is not a bonus. What motivates people is when you delegate and you give them responsibility for a certain Mm. task, to complete. So I, to answer your question, you know, the bigger the job gets, the more you have to delegate and the more you delegate is the more you see your team involved with the task. Mm, I love that. I really do. Um, would you say Rob, that there is a threshold, um, between, you know, everyone says the student has become the master, you know, is that reasonable when it comes to leading? Like, there's certain promotions or certain responsibilities that you need to give to people because it starts to become a burden on you sometimes. You know, you start to get fatigued or start to feel burnout because you're handling so much that you need to give this delegation up. You know, we look, we take a look at the life of Moses and he had to delegate 
um, you know, there's a story, I think it's like a hundred men that he needed to give this leadership to. And that weight just fell off him because God was like, hey, you know, now I ha you have other responsibilities, but these people now need to have that responsibility in order for you to grow as a leader. Like to answer the question, there's not really a threshold that you need to meet to be able to do that. I feel like it's it's being able to do what you have been taught to do with confidence. You no longer mm. feel the need to have to consult with your teacher, yeah. with your leader, because you know that you know this. Yeah. And that's when you're no longer just a student, but another person. Is helping yeah. a worker, uh, a leader, uh, another another person within the team, and when you can get to that point is when you can grow and to be able to get to the next step, because you can't build on skills you're still not confident in. Right. Um, so I do want to go back to you know the phrase "You aren't God's favorite," and Chris, I want I want you to share this story um, because I've heard it before and. Um, I just think there's so much to be talked about. So if you want, you go ahead and tell a story about this young man and uh, we'll go from there. Perfect. So uh, to follow up with what Juan was saying, you're not God's favorite. Now, I was telling him a story a couple of days ago about a guy named Ron Hard, Ron Hard Bunky, which was an amazing evangelist uh, from Germany, but God called him to Africa. And uh, the Lord really blessed his ministry that I think over five to 10 million people received the Lord, uh, received Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's amazing, you know, not five, yeah. not 10, but his crusades would have hundreds upon yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. It looked like a sea of people. And uh, one day he was praising and he was saying, God, thank you for choosing me, you know, to do this. And the Lord yeah. said, hey, you weren't my first choice <laughs> like what it's like yeah. yeah you weren't either my second <laughs> or my third nor my fifth yeah. you were i think he said like the sixth or seventh choice so he said what why like what happened he's like because they did mm. not answer the call yeah and i think on that like you know what are we what are we missing in our life what has God spoken to us or what dreams or what purposes are in our heart, but yet mm. other people are fulfilling because we do not choose to respond. Mm. Um, I, I want to tag in and talk a little bit about that because obviously God doesn't look um, at, our, at the physicality of the world. He looks at every man and every woman through their heart. That's the lens that he looks to. and so. You know, when we're talking about favoritism, when we're talking about God choosing you, look at this young man that, you know, impacted the world, yet he wasn't God's first or second or third choice. And so when, when we're talking about this, I, I want to talk about, you know, leading with your heart before you're leading in front of people. Mm. Because I think that those years prior you know, and, and I want you to, you guys could talk about this, but the years before um, you guys are actually, you know, successful or you're doing stuff now, 
But the thing is, there were so much years before that. There were so much heartbreaks, so much storms and struggles that you had to go through in order for you to finally get to the point that you're at now. And exactly. that being said, um, it's not about God choosing you then because you don't, you don't know if, if, if God wanted to choose someone else to be ICLV's youth pastor or, um, or you to be another youth pastor. And so I want you guys to talk about that because it's so important that we just look at, you know, and we talk about this a lot, the highlights of life. But, you know, no one talks about the beatdowns and the failures and the struggles and the storms that you have to get to in order to get to today. Yeah. Rob, would you like to take this, my friend? Uh, Juan always comes at it with the, the heaviest questions, like some of the... Look, listen to me. If we if we don't ask the hard questions, we don't learn. You know, we're here to be practical here in Elevated Community to grow. You know, and that's what we got to give the people. Yeah. I feel like one, one of the things that for me was that look at where you need to get to. And it's like, this is why I, like, just to kind of pull it from the exact same, like, idea that Christian started to share, like, that you weren't my first choice. Yeah. When I first started uh, giving word and started preaching in small groups, for me, I've always been a shy person and I have this stutter tick that comes out very prim- very prominently when I'm nervous or when I'm not prepared. And right. in, in your podcast, Juan, you, you really put this to the test because you don't give me anything <laughs> to prepare with. And I have to, that's why I pause a lot just to kind of <laughs> stop myself from being able to stutter. And it's just right, that right. I've had to learn how to present myself publicly over the years because of the fact that this is not the place where I shine. The place where mm. I shine isn't going to be in front of the, the crowd, in front of the public. That's really where it is 100% God. And I feel a lot of times speakers and preachers, we say like, it wasn't me, it was God. Because if it was for me, I'd be sitting down. And I think it's it's very much true for me. First time I went to right. give word at small group, I had my notes. I had like my like wide page college notebook, about the, the, <laughs> yeah. the pages I had written in be able to speak in front of a small group i'm looking at the notes the entire time and i'm shaking so vigorously that i just start rip the pages start ripping and i start re-gripping the pages <laughs> until the point comes that i rip the page from like like i'm missing like a third of the page it's one of them is my right hand the, the rest of the notes are my, are my left and i'm just okay this is not what i'm supposed to do and I, for real i stopped giving word for about a, three months after that because i was so embarrassed God kept wow. putting opportunities in my way. And mm. when we are given these opportunities, when we're giving the, these chances to be able to yeah. share the word of God, not, not just like, oh, I'm in front of 30 people, 100 people, et cetera, but like one-on-one opportunities, you have this calling that you need to answer. Mm. Right. Yeah. I feel like and- that's, that, that's where God's going to start forming what it is yeah. that he's going to do with you. It's not just, I feel like when people want to do this, people say like, oh, I want to be a speaker want to preach i want to give word they're going for the end goal without ever Mm. looking at the beginning to be able to get to a point where you can give word in front of a congregation a small group etc you need to be able to confront on -on one-on-one and you when you have that moment with your best friend that they are considering the faith or they're questioning their own faith that you can be able to talk to them about god in a serious way not in the in the a TV preacher way that like, look, this is again that look, this mm. is God. This is who he yeah. is to me. 
This is how he, I've seen him. This is how I've lived him. Yeah. This is what I can tell you based on what I know. I feel so like that's the very authentic way that we need to talk about. Right, right, right. So I want to dive into your mindset when you you just said you could have just flat out said, you know what, I'm done with preaching. I'm never gonna do this again. <laughs> but what was that mindset that kept you pushing forward? Was it the feel the need in your heart that hey, God is calling me to this, or was it you know what was it? For me, it was just the fact that I kept seeing opportunities where other people were straight up either not doing the job or doing the yeah. job so ineptly that I felt like I need to do it. It's like, mm. it's like I could do it better. Like, like kind of not in an egoistic way, but in a you're screwing up so badly that even I could do better. Like, oh, like it hurts. Because <laughs> yeah. like, like, I feel like some people have that very egoistic, ah, I could do it better. I'm, I'm such like, yeah, you probably could do it better. Do it. There's people who are standing up who could not do it better than you. Yeah. They're doing it. And that's when God really called me. It was like, you're saying that you could do it better than mm. do it. Yeah. I felt yeah. that, 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 that calling my heart from God, not just like in the, like, okay, you can do it. You have, you've been a pastor's kid for your entire life. You know, the backwards, you're in the Bible backwards and forward, you know, all the story, all the niche things. You can cite scripture off the dome real easily. <laughs> off the dome. Do it. Yeah. That that's really what what pushed me to to overcome that for me. Cuz I could correct people on scripture all day, but it's not about that. It's about really getting at the heart and God kept opening opportunities. I could talk with friends and family about uh, about who he is in right. an honest way and the way that I wish people would have talked to me about God when I was a kid. Mm. And then open doors and kept opening doors and kept opening doors. In my mind like I was never reaching for a title i was always just reaching to help people in the way that i wish i would have been helped mm. i just one day will open my eyes I'm like oh where am i <laughs> i just ended up <laughs> where i'm at yeah yeah um uh chris going back to you um talking about setbacks and failures and, and things you know uh you felt you feel called to um you were talking about this ministry that you just started start off your week right you know heavy mindset and influence so that you can tackle your week. Um, I want to talk about how long this was in your heart for and um, why you never did it. So I'll tell you this, you know, and start your week right right now. The mindset is um, start your week right with the mindset of enjoy the journey. And Edwin Ar Aroyave, he said, Achieving a goal is not necessarily to accomplish it, but to become the person that attempts it. Mm. So the goal is, hey, look, I want to do this, but be grateful and be content what God is doing inside of you than what he's right. doing around you. So yeah. I think to, to answer your question, you know, God is more interested in your character than getting you to your destiny. And finally, when the character is developed, here's the biggest part, right? Is having the courage to walk in your destiny. Mm. So here I am. I had four dreams about starting the <laughs> week, right? Four, yeah. four or five dreams. Right. Um, of how it would look like, more like a scenic view. I saw scripture of the week, quote of the week, um, application, the mindset. I saw it all. I, I right. dreamed it not only once, not twice, not three, but at least four times. 
And then I was like, holy shoot, like, I think this is God. I received right. words of prophecy, etc. But then to be honest, I know I had the maturity. I know I had the character, but I don't yeah. believe I had the courage. Mm. And things happen, you know, you know, what the enemy can't destroy, he will distract. So then mm. he will distract wow. you with good things, not necessarily bad things, but good things yeah. in life, you know, busy things, work, uh, probably doing a, a preaching or doing something good, you know, family. And I yeah. got distracted. I got distracted. And honestly, I would say also didn't have the courage. Why? Because I didn't really know how to edit. I didn't have a Robert yes. in my life, you know. I, <laughs> I didn't have yes. a, a good camera. I didn't know. I remember I, remember I bought a $2,000 computer because my friend told me, Christian, you have to get this computer. It's going to help you edit. And you know what I did with that? Nothing. Nothing. I was, I was, I was like, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so about 10 years later, 10 how, years. How, 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 how much? 10. 10 years in this guy's heart. Dang. 10 dude. years. 10 years later, I would feel like the Lord tug on my heart throughout the years and I would occasionally pick up a camera, and if I make things good, I want to make it excellent, right? That's mm. me. I want to do things in excellence and in quality. 100%. Yeah. And uh, finally, I was one day sitting in my couch, and I was just praying in 2020, and I heard the Lord clearly, he clearly spoke to me, and he said, if you don't do it, somebody else would do it. This is your last straw. And the fear of God dropped on me. And I'm like, God, that computer that I spent two, three thousand dollars, <laughs> that thing is outdated. You know, I don't even that, the camera. That was Ten years ago, bro. <laughs> the the camera that I have is super outdated. Like, gosh. So I shared a dream with this guy, a good friend of mine named Justin. So down to earth, he's like my Robert. Friends. You know, um, yes, he's like, you friends. know what, dude? I believe in the vision. Let's go for it. So uh, we actually did it, and um, and honestly, it's been impacting. You know, already on Instagram, we have over three thousand followers. It's impacting wow. people throughout the world. Um, people writing. You know, there, the Bible says this. The Bible says this. Without vision, my people perish. Mm. So, what is the vision that God has put in your life? And if you're not yeah. acting on that vision, people will perish because of your lack. Of courage wow wow and i think that says so much um because like christian you have this great idea you have this great vision but and i was talking about this this week most of us are i mean not most of all of us are called to create in some yeah. way shape or form we're called to impact people's lives we're called to be um catalysts within our family, within our communities, within society in itself. And we're all called to create. But many of us aren't willing to create because we're afraid to fail. And that's the number one factor that the devil, call it um, whatever you want to call it, that will attack you, that fear in your mind that people will yeah. ridicule you, that people will think that, hey, this is stupid. Why, why in the world am I going to see this? That idea that you have is so powerful. I want you guys to understand that. It's so powerful that not even you realize how powerful and how effective 
that it can impact people's lives. So mm. I want to get real practical with whoever is listening to this message. If you have an idea, if you have um, yes. a vision, I need you to go and do it right now. My good friend says, las cosas se hacen calientes. The things are done in hot. Why? Because if you, if you sit down and you let your, that idea marinate in your mind, you're going to start thinking of crazy scenarios. You're going to start letting the fear sip in. You're going to let um, the thought of, of failure not even let this idea take off. So do yourself a favor. And like Christian did, let the idea fly, man. You know? <laughs> Even with the outdated computer. <laughs> and that's the thing I've learned that God will, if God is in it, God will bless it. Mm. I've learned that, you know, he will send mm. you the right people, the right resources. So, Amen. but if you don't answer it, trust me, somebody else will answer it. Remember, you're Ooh. not God's favorite. You know, you may not be God's favorite. You may not be God's favorite. You may be his second, third, fourth. I'm even thinking, to be honest with you, Juan, because God had patience. God has patience. Ten years for this. Could it be he already spoke to other people? Could it be he already spoke to other people? But yet, because of their lack of courage, because of their maturity of their character, he didn't answer the call. Could it be? Could it be? And, and it wouldn't have been you no more. Yeah, man, yeah. that's 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 very deep. Um, I do want to finish with um, talking about that fear. You know, I really want to get practical with people. And this show is all about being practical, because I think, you know, as as much as we read the Bible and God told me this once, he says he told me, um, uh, look at everybody, Juan, look at all, all the Christian friends, you know, and I started looking at them. And they were, he, he told me, they all know my word. They can recite scripture cl with closed yeah. eyes. They can, you know, do this with, you know, they can talk about the Bible all day. But the thing about it is this. The Bible is like an app. If you don't use it, it's worthless. Amen. So many of us, um, you know, and, and there's not much things to fear, but the fear of the Lord. That Amen. is the beginning of wisdom. And so I want to get practical with people. Rob, how can people get out of the funk of fear? How does that look like? Being able to set clear short-term goals. That's going to be the, my biggest Ooh. suggestion. Because I feel like we, we said, like, like how Christian was saying, like I had the same thing happen when I first started with Clearly Evident. And right now, yes. it's on a hiatus, but it's on a hiatus for personal reasons, not because like, I'm like, I don't have a, a thing to talk about. Like I got so much to say, but I just only so many hours in the day that I, I, have, to, I have to fill in other things. Uh, as soon as there's an opportunity, man, I'm coming back in. There you go. The, Let's go. <laughs> but the thing that got me able to even get my foot back out on the door was being able to to stop putting things in abstract terms mm, we're really wow. good at at setting very hard things to succeed like only if and, if and i think we talked about it in an episode of clearly evident about a year ago now why goals don't work yeah. new year's resolutions is goals yeah it's because we set these insanely abstract terms like, oh, this year I'm going to 
lose 25 pounds. Like, yeah, that's 100% doable. But if you don't see this steady decline over the course of the year, by March, you're, you're like, oh, well, I'm done. I screwed it up. I'm, I'm not going like, to. I'm going to try next year. Try again next year. Yeah, in the same way, like if you're saying you have this creative thing, you want to do this project, you want to start this vision that God has put in your heart and you want to start, you need to set some clear goals. What does it need to start? Not to be amazing and up to like MKBHD YouTube level. Uh, Mm. Something that can just be there. Embarrassing first Mm. video, that embarrassing first recording. Frustrating thing that can, yes. can get your foot in the ground and just start understanding what it is to think to do things. Mm, what what does yeah. that look like? Because otherwise, you're gonna do what me and Christian did, and you're gonna go out there and blow up a bunch of money and never do anything with the <laughs> things you bought. One hundred percent, Christian. You talk a lot about courage. In practical terms, how does having that that heart of courage in your daily walk? How does that look like? Mm, great question. Dang, don't don't you love his questions? My lord. You should <laughs> That's be why the I brought next, him as a co-host. Like, you should be a uh I don't know, man. You should be a great host for CNN, Fox News. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm about to give Trump all the questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like the more you grow up, the more you have to be courageous, right? Mm. So for instance, today. Right. I was looking at homes to provide for my wife, you know, our future children. And I was like, I was like, dang, these homes have gotten up. Uh, My gosh. I'm going to keep it a whole (laughs) buck with you. You might want to buy a house in Missouri. It's cheap out here, boy. (laughs) For for a town home here, a town home, a a town home over here in Cheyenne and uh, forgot somewhere. Cheyenne and something. Tory Pines. 300K? No, Jack, what cuatrocientos, man, four hundred thousand. No, you, bro, you weren't even no, no, close, bro, bro. Come out here, you spend a hundred k, you get five, ten acres. Dang, dude. You get a nice five bedroom house, three be- uh, three breastroom. You're good to go. My gosh, hun, hun, The question, the real question about that, all that is, when, where is the closest Dutch Bros? <laughs> <laughs> no, there is bro hey robert robert would not like it here there is no dutch bros over here baba we're making our own coffee man right at the time i i i haven't i started making my own coffee i'm too far from my dutch bros now <laughs> but uh but anyway to answer your question i think to find a courage is to fight in order to find courage you must find something to fight for in order to find courage, there mu- you must find something to fight for. Right now in this season that I'm married, happily married, um, this season where I have my youth group, this season which I'm going to have kids, as I'm getting older, I want to fight for my wife. I want to fight mm. for a better life. I want to yes. fight. And honestly, that's what gets me up. I remember when I was in Chicago and I worked for a company, a job I hated. I hate it. My main goal was like, all right, I'm fighting for Marlene, my wife, so I could put a ring on that finger for a better life. Finding the courage. So it's finding it's finding the purpose so that you can have the courage to go and get that purpose. I want to ask you this um, because I talk a lot about uh, finding your why. You know, a lot of people wake up every day and they don't know why they're waking up. 
They don't know their purpose. They don't have a vision. They don't have short-term, nor mid-term, nor long-term goals. And so you're talking about finding your why, but so many people don't know how to do that. How do you find your why? And when is that why um, more than enough? Because if you say, I'm going to fight, I'm going to, my why is going to be um, a Lamborghini. You reach that Lamborghini and what happens? You know, and so I, I want to get practical with how do you find that why that's everlasting? Yeah, for me, it's when you see it. I followed this, uh, I followed this highly successful Colombiano. His name is Edwin Arroyave. And uh, he has like a security firm, multimillionaire. And what he does to, to instill that why is that he shows his employees, hey, look, this yeah. is what you could get drive my Ferrari. This is, this is what can happen. And even, um, even in the Bible, it speaks about it. Do you remember there was a parable of, uh, there was this man that was the good Samaritan, right? The good yeah. Samaritan that was down in the street and here comes the priest and nothing happens. Here comes, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody else, nothing happens, but the word says, and when he saw him and when mm. he saw him, that's when the good Samaritan did something. And I think until finally you are exposed to what you can become, finally yeah. you will be able to see the why that is in you to follow your dreams and have the courage that you were called to do. Mm. Um, Rob, I want to I wanna ask you this. Um, when it comes to finding your why, and sometimes that why hasn't presented itself, right? Sometimes you don't have a, a girlfriend or a wife, a kid, to really latch on to and say, hey, I need to fight for this. Um, how do you find that grit to go every day and say to yourself, hey, I might not have a why yet, but I need to make the most out of today? It's hard to be able to do so. Like you, when you don't have that set idea of what you're working for, mm -hmm. it's very hard to be able to self-motivate and what i'm going to suggest is find a group of friends yeah that can motivate you yeah i i, I always find i find as an anti-social person i find this very frustrating advice to give <laughs> <laughs> because of the fact that this is something that i have not lived as for so long 100 percent. 100 it's hard it's hard for me to say this full-heartedly like i feel like every time i heard this growing up was I was just like, man, that's just so ridiculous. Like, I, I dislike being with people in general. And But having <laughs> a support group that Ooh. understands who you are wow. will be able to call you out when you're not living up to what you can do. Mm. Yeah. Come on. Wow. Yeah. I feel, like, um, I feel like that's the most important thing for us to, to need to have. And as we, not even as we look for a why, but even after. Right. Um, uh, this may be hard to believe, but, uh, I am a, well, not no more, not, not more or less, but I'm an introvert. Like I love my downtime. Like if I'm in a room with myself, with music, with some snacks, with a movie, with something to read, with something to write, I'm the happiest man alive. And so, um, no, like, honestly, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you guys. I, I was at a point where I didn't know how to have conversations with people. 
And um, when I was, I, I went to LABI for uh, like a year. And the first two weeks, the only thing I did was go, go eat breakfast, go to my classes, and then go to my dorm room. That was it. And um, God told me, no man is an island. And so I was like, what does that mean? No man is an island. No man is an island. And so I started YouTubing. I literally started YouTubing. I started reading books on how to socialize, how to have conversations with people. I swear to God, I'm not even capping. And so I want to flip the coin there and ask you guys this. How can, you know, a lot of people say in order, when, when you get married, you find your, your second half. You know, they complete you. I think that that's wrong. I think that you first need to complete yourself before you're able yeah. to help the other person. So yeah. how do you guys go about your daily life and say to yourself, hey, I need to work on myself, even if you don't have a why. How do you work on yourself in order to better your friend circle, your family, your workplace environment, even your marriage in, in some in your life how do you do that i think like for for instance me right um how do i work on myself number one um over here with the youth with my youth group we practice something called the 10 10 10 which is 10 minutes of word 10 minutes of worship 10 minutes of here that we're just spending time with god you know a right relationship with god makes everything right so starting your day with god is so important um number two also just having your disciplines you know like me uh i have my disciplines that i have to spend time with the lord that's one number two mm. i have my disciplines that i want to read um, a book every two months so i'm reading 10 minutes every day uh, right. number three i want to work out at least twice a week I make re yeah, reachable boy. goals you know reachable goal a goal is not a goal unless it's defined so I'm making you know, uh, those funny things. story, funny story, Rob. So Christian <laughs> is the one that, uh, that introduced me to, uh, Micah and man. So one morning I'm at the gym, right? Like getting pumped, you know, it's like, let's go. And here comes Christian with his shirt off in the middle of the gym. Like, what's up, bro? Nah, I'm just kidding. But, but, um, I, I did see him at the, at the gym. And so I always remember that moment. Like, Hey, what's up, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> the thing he told me was, bro. I need to get ready for marriage, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> so like, hey, hey. that, that was the time you were getting married. So, um, yeah, man, I just want to say that. But working out, what else, what else are your disciplines? Um, doing that, that's my main thing, you know, just spending right. time with God, reading, because uh, leaders are readers, and then mm -hmm. also working out, you know, working on the body, soul, spirit. And then lastly, making sure that my mind is ready for the journey, you know, controlling my mind, starting my week right. You know, I love yeah. what Margaret Thatcher said. Margaret Thatcher said, watch your word, watch your thoughts, for it becomes your words. Watch mm -hmm. your words because it becomes your actions. Watch your actions, for it becomes your habits. And watch your habits because it becomes your destiny. So wow. starting my week right with the right mindset on how God wants me to think. So um, that's that's how I do it for for my disciplines. Right. Now, how about you, Rob? What are some tactics that uh, that you tackle in your life that that you feel really um, boost? You know, not only your self esteem, but 
um, your overall um, well-being? For me, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm an a, I have ADHD or something, but I am very <laughs> bad at keeping my, my mind at ease. Like my, literally, I ha, normally when we record, I, have, like, I literally have a fidget spinner. I got mad when little kids took over fidget spinners. I'm like, I'm not a child. I need this to concentrate because <laughs> otherwise my, my hand wants to do something else and my brain's like, I need to do this and I can't. So I, I literally grabbed a thing off of my camera that I just been like just messing with the entire time right. we record. Right. Having things that allow you to concentrate. Number one, mm. like for me, mm. good. I'm, I'm a college student and the hardest thing for me to do is to stay concentrated on one thing. But yeah. what I realized doesn't help me is when I sit down and try forcing myself to work in something that I cannot do in that moment. Mm. Yeah, I feel like recognizing, like how we were saying earlier, like set defined goals. Set, set yeah. today. Understand what your deadlines are. This is what you need to do. Like especially if you're a student, this is right. what I need to get done. These are the date. This is the hard deadline. I cannot miss this deadline. Right. I'm gonna spread out my work as far as much as I can, and my goal each day is to get X amount of assignments done, X amount of things, and when I'm done with it, I reward myself. And using yeah. things like, like uh, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a 25 minutes on, 15 minutes off, 25 minutes on, 15 minutes off kind of uh, mm. cycle, working in blocks, being able to let your mind rest. And during that rest, not being like, okay, I'm going to just binge some YouTube. Like, <laughs> do something to read, to learn, to grow, to keep your mind at ease. Right. And for me, what works a lot is audiobooks. And and if you if you had a sponsorship right there, like this this episode is presented to you by Audible. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, legit stuff like learn being able to read books and like for me that's something that I I love to do. I love to read, but not read. I struggle to sit down and read books sometimes. Mm. And being able to listen to them, just being able to enjoy them and grow and learn, that's important. Being able to set time to do things that you enjoy that make you happy set those firm and that's going to be able to keep yourself in a good mental state and i'm going to say the thing that i didn't think would help me the most keeping my room clean (laughs) like i wake up like if i wake up in the morning and i'm just like man i have such a bum day like i just feel so bad like off and like okay i need to do my bed i need to get everything off the floor i need a vacuum and then as soon as i get all like i'm like an hour behind in the things i would want to be doing now i'm yeah. more efficient in my work because my brain isn't like, just in this funk and it's just being able to trick your yeah. your your flesh to do things that you want to do mm. i feel like that, that's that's one of the key things especially as creatives that sometimes our work relies on what can we write what can we think yeah Wow. That is very, very important. No, 100%. Um, well, Elevated Community, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I want to give Christian or Rob uh, some minutes before we go um, in this amazing conversation that we talk about you not being God's favorite. You know, we, we talked about entitlement. We talked about leadership and how to be practical when leading people. Um, setting goals and and just having that self-discipline in order to get to places, finding your why. Such a diverse conversation. I want to thank you, Christian. Thank you, Rob. It's a privilege. It's an honor to have a conversation with you guys. 
you guys are my brothers, and I, I 100%, I admire you guys. I really do. And so, Christian, Rob, if you guys want to say any last words to the people, you go ahead. Perfect. I'll say this, that in the topic of, hey, you may not be God's uh, favorite or God's first <laughs> choice. Just remember yeah. this, you know, that, yeah, you do have God's favor on your side. But yes. when it comes on his calling, you may not be God's first choice. Mm. Um, are you, do you have the character? And then lastly, do you have yeah. the courage to respond to the journey? Do you have mm. the character? And then lastly, do you have the courage to respond to the journey of what he said? If you don't, yes. people will perish because of your lack of acting on the vision. Wow. Yes. Me uh, to close off this, uh, kind of want to talk a little bit and say, like, look, when it comes to being able to walk with God, it's yeah. important for us to realize who we are and be honest with it. Because mm. if you can be honest with who you are in reference to yourself, you can be honest to who you are in reference to God. Yeah. If you can't be honest and say, like, this is where I screw up, this is where my strength literally ends, this is where I cannot do this, this is where I feel broken, this is where I feel shy, this is where I feel happy. You can't be genuine about that. Not just like, this is what I want people to think, but this is what I really am. Yeah. And your relationship with God's going to suffer because of that. Mm. Yeah. And being able to move. And I feel like a lot of times we, we talk about high level relationship stuff with about right. God and Christianity and spirituality to talk right. to them super low level, to be super practical for someone who's getting in it with God. Yeah. That's what you need to do honest be authentic in your relationship with god and the truth's gonna mm. hurt once you can get past that relationship yes. with god can thrive yeah a hundred percent um christian i asked um i guess i haven't asked them oh man i need to ask them what the heck Juan? but christian last question of elevated podcast you're in your deathbed the, your loved ones are around you and you can only give them your three truths to life you only have these few words what advice are you giving your people mm -hmm. wow great question i would say truth number one give your heart to jesus and you will never regret it that's Ooh. number one i would yes. say number two um not only give your heart but obey him when he speaks to you yeah. and then number three I would say this, um, I would say, respect yourself, respect others, and take responsibility for your actions. That's what I would wow. do. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Christian, honor, privilege. Thank you for coming out. The future Charles F. Stanley. Uh, Rob, <laughs> like always, brother, you know, I love you. You know, it's always a vibe when we're around, man. <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, we have another special guest. Special guest throughout this season, man. It's all fire, man. I hope you guys really do enjoy these episodes, these conversations. And I hope that it impacts your life so that you can be encouraged, inspired, and most importantly, grow with us and grow with your family and your community every day. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Later, everybody. Take care. Bye.